0: Today I'd like to talk a little bit about Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce, New Mexico is a small town on the northern edge of New Mexico over toward the uh, western side of the state. From what I could see on Wikipedia, looks like it was founded in 1877 by the Gomez family. The original name being uh, Agua Dulce, I think I'm pronouncing that right, meaning sweet water. There's a spring there that uh, I suppose must have sweet water and that's why they named it Dulce. Uh, Agua Dulce. Anyway, about 10 years later, uh, after the Indian Wars, uh, the uh, Hicarilla, I think it called Apache, uh, were sent there uh, all around that uh, Gomez Ranch, and they established a reservation there that's still there today, from what I can find. Uh, the town of Dulce looks to have a population just under 3,000, uh, with 90% Native American. And it turns out that Dulce is really a uh, UFO vortex and not just UFOs. I mean they've got everything there from skinwalkers to Bigfoot to little people to gray aliens. I mean it's a fascinating area. And I was uh, going around online today and I found a really cool article and uh, it was written by a guy that calls himself, it's, it's actually just written anonymously from what I can see. And it's uh, hunttheskinwalker.com. Looks like it was written about a year ago. And this guy goes into some really good detail about uh, some research that was done by NIDS. That was the National Institute of Discovery Science. And you might remember that that was started by uh, Robert Bigelow, I believe, the hotel magnet. And it it was uh, going, I think, for about 10 or 15 years. I think it stopped like in 06 or something. They did a lot of really cool paranormal research and UFO research. They did the real famous stuff with George Knapp on Skinwalker Ranch. But anyway, these guys, <clears throat> they got down into uh, Dulcie. And, of course, like I said, that's 90% Native American. And a lot of these folks have been real reticent about sharing their stories with outsiders. It seems to be, you know, I think it's a mix between they're just private people. And also, I have seen some interviews with... Uh, Native American folks where they say when it comes to the negative stuff like skinwalkers, they don't like to talk about it because they feel like it empowers the phenomena. and Which is an interesting comment because you hear the same sort of thing uh, when they're teaching the the Catholic priest or whatever to uh, do the exorcisms. And, and when they're dealing with poltergeist, they say to ignore it because the more attention you pay to the poltergeist phenomena, the worse it gets. But anyway, back to adultcy. Uh NIDS went down there, and they uh, wanted to do some research. And so they talked to uh, several of the Native Americans. But they did just pick out, you know, run a, I mean, they did talk to, you know, just the average Joe on the street. But they made it a point... To interview some of the uh, tribal leaders, uh, the, the people that were city administrators, and they changed the names on all these guys because they wanted to respect their privacy. <clears throat> but they did some really fascinating research and got some really great eyewitness accounts. And uh, the the things they, they investigated, uh, a lot of the cattle mutilation stuff had stopped by the time that they'd gotten down there. But they point out that they'll say, uh, was notorious among uh, the, the rash of cattle mutilations uh, with over 1,700 cows killed uh, between the late 70s and 80s. And uh, there was uh, Sheriff Valdez down there, Gabe Valdez, who had been a uh, just a renowned investigator that took these uh, cattle mutilations seriously and investigated them like the real crimes that they wore. And they went on, and the article talks about that a little bit, and then it gets into... Some of the sightings they had, and there were three uh, real interesting ones, and these were all with um, you know what we would describe as uh, credible um, credible people. Uh, They talk about a sighting, the sightings in like from the late uh, 70s, like 1979, to the early 80s and 90s. Um, He has one here I thought was pretty cool. He says, during the 90s, Moose um, Munez worked in an office of a facility for repairing large farm machinery in Dulce, New Mexico. Moose described an incident that happened in the summer of 1979. Moose and his friend Terence Natsina were driving a truck out of Mount uh, Archuleta, which is about 5 miles from Dulce, on a Friday evening at about that looks like 10.30. It was just beginning to get dark. They were driving on a little used road intent on relaxing after work. Moose spotted a disc-shaped object hovering above the trees between a quarter and a half mile away. They stopped the truck and shut off the engine to get a better look at it. The object had a dome top and was hovering silently. It then began to move toward the truck, moving smoothly and silently. It stopped and hovered noiselessly about 150 feet directly above the truck. Moose noticed that on the bottom of the circular craft was a continuously rotating set of blue and yellow lights. He estimated that it was about 50 feet in diameter and contained a metallic dome of mirror-like material. Moose thought that the dome might have had a one-way mirror-like outer surface. surface. <clears throat> Terence then climbed out of the passenger side of the truck, walked to a position 30 feet in front, and began yelling and waving his arms at the object as the Silently above him and then it goes on to say uh, the, they stood there the, with the craft and pretty soon the, cla- the, the craft just, just scooted out of there and it moved fast. It says the object then slowly climbed, remained flat climbing at a 45 degree angle then from a stationary position suddenly took off across the valley accelerating from a standstill to an extremely high speed. They estimate uh, it traveled uh, 60 miles in four seconds uh, giving a speed of 54,000 miles an hour. They also talked to uh, a separate incident uh, where a family was uh, coming home in the same area. Uh, they uh, testified that they saw a large uh, craft, one of these like, oh, uh, the close encounter type we, we talk about. It, it says that it was a large ecliptical craft, but they estimate the size at five miles wide. The family says here, uh, all family members saw it, but continued to drive to their home. Well, I can see why. When they arrived and got out of the car, the object was gone. The following day, the father packed up the family into the car and drove back to the same spot at the same time, but they could see nothing. <clears throat> they go on, they have another case. Um, this was an interesting here, they had a case that was witnessed by nine uh, Higueroa Apache officials and their families who are traveling in four cars in a convoy returning from a basketball game. So this is about 1130 at night and they spot this um, large object in the distance. It said what looked like python, pylons of blue and red light on top. Now the one fellow, he thought that it, maybe this was a natural gas station. You know that's what happens sometimes when people see these large objects or UFOs in general is that they see something and it's such a strange out-of-the-ordinary experience that immediately your mind starts to be uh, trying to create explanations for it because there really isn't an explanation. At any rate they saw this thing says huge flying object moving slowly as it entered the canyon. So they're going through a canyon and this canyon is about a mile wide. They know this. And this object literally fills the canyon. Okay, it's it's down at a at a low altitude. The cars are driving under it, but they can see as they look up that this this massive UFO. Okay, it's not five miles wide, but it's a mile wide, filling this canyon to the point where they were thinking, "Wow, this thing is going to crash into the side of the canyon." Well, they continued under it, and as they did, they said they noticed a huge object was now moving slowly directly over the four cars as they drove through the canyon according to both gomez and martinez the object was huge it says here gomez says that it was about 100 feet above them Mar- martinez says no more or excuse me gomez says 200 feet martinez says 100 feet and according to gomez the object was so big that it inspired the, that it, it spanned the entire canyon from wall to wall and he still could not see the ends of it the craft was over a mile across. And just like the other craft, uh, they're going under it and then it drifts up over them and then accelerates away. Now, these are some of the mechanical uh, apparitions that have been spotted uh, in Dolce. And in another episode, uh, we'll get into some of the stuff they talk about as far as as, uh, the Native Americans who have uh, had uh, contact with aliens. Uh, Bigfoot, Skinwalker, whatever kind of paranormal you want to talk about, but that's the cool thing about Dolce. It spans all um, areas of these uh, unidentified flying objects to unidentified flying phenomena. Uh, Very interesting, very credible sources. And if you go over to the website UFOWarning.com, you can look up, uh, you can link up with this, you can watch a couple videos, and it's really super fascinating stuff. That's all for today. Over and out, ufowarning.com.